the wheel of my father's mill was once more turning and whirring merrily. The melting snow trickled steadily from the roof. The sparrows chirped and hopped about as I, taking great delight in the warm sunshine, sat on the doorstep and rubbed my eyes to rid them of sleep. Then my father made his appearance. He had been busy in the mill since daybreak, and his nightcap was all awry as he said to me, "'You good-for-nothing! There you sit sunning yourself and stretching yourself till your bones crack, leaving me to do all the work alone. I can keep you here no longer. Spring is at hand. Off with you into the world and earn your own bread.' "'Well,' said I, "'all right.' If I am a good-for-nothing, I will go forth into the world and make my fortune. In fact, I was very glad to have my father speak thus, for I myself had been thinking of starting on my travels. The yellow hammer, which all through the autumn and winter had been chirping sadly at our window, Farmer, hire me, farmer, hire me, was now, that the lovely spring weather had set in, once more piping cheerily from the old tree, Farmer, nobody wants your work. So I went into the house and took down from the wall my fiddle, on which I could play quite skilfully. My father gave me a few pieces of money to set me on my way, and I sauntered off along the village street. I was filled with secret joy as I saw all my old acquaintances and comrades, right and left, going to their work, digging and ploughing, just as they had done yesterday and the day before, and so on, while I was roaming out into the wide world. I called out goodbye to the poor people on all sides, but no one took much notice of me. A perpetual Sabbath seemed to reign in my soul, and when I got out among the fields, I took out my dear fiddle and played and sang as I walked along the country road. The favoured ones, the loved of heaven, God sends to roam the world at will. His wonders to their gaze are given by field and forest, stream and hill. The dullards who at home are staying are not refreshed by morning's ray. They grovel, earth-born calls obeying, and petty cares beset their day. The little brooks o'er rocks are springing, the lark's gay carol fills the air. Why should not I with them be singing a joyous anthem free from care? I wander on in God-confiding, for all are his wood, field, and fell. O'er earth and skies he still presiding, for me will order all things well. As I was looking round, a fine travelling carriage drove along very near me. It had probably been just behind me for some time without my perceiving it. So filled with melody had I been, for it was going quite slowly, and two elegant ladies had their heads out of the window listening. One was especially beautiful and younger than the other, but both pleased me extremely. When I stopped singing, the elder ordered the coachman to stop his horses and accosted me with great condescension. Aha, my merry lad, you know how to sing very pretty songs. I, nothing loath, replied, Please, your grace, I know some far prettier. And where are you going so early in the morning? One of the beautiful young ladies asked. I was ashamed to confess that I did not myself know, and so I said boldly, 
to Vienna. The two ladies then talked together in a strange tongue which I did not understand. The younger shook her head several times, but the other only laughed and finally called to me. Jump up behind. We two are going to Vienna. Who more ready than I? I made my best bow and sprang up behind the carriage. The coachman cracked his whip, and away we bowled along the smooth road so swiftly that the wind whistled in my ears. Behind me vanished my native village with its gardens and church tower. Before me appeared fresh villages, castles, and mountains. Beneath me on either side the meadows in the tender green of spring flew past, and above me countless larks were soaring in the blue air. I was ashamed to shout aloud, but I exulted.